Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers preview. And we all, I hope, are keeping our fingers crossed, hoping that this is not the final Steelers preview of the 2018 season. But it could be. As you know, if you listened to the show last night, the standard is the standard. There's a lot on the line this week, but the Steelers don't control their own destiny. They need to win, beating the Bengals, which is what we're going to highlight primarily tonight. And they need some help. They need the Cleveland Browns. The we they need the freaking Cleveland Browns. Lord help us all to go into Baltimore and MT Bank Stadium and beat the Ravens. If they do so, the Steelers win the AFC North. If not, season's over. With that said, I bring in my co-host Brian Anthony Davis, who's back from his sabbatical and is ready to talk about some Steelers. Brian, how are you this afternoon slash evening? I feel dirty, Jeff, but I'm <laughs> feeling good. I'm optimistically dirty or dirtily optimistic. I don't know what that means. I even followed Antonio Brown's directions. I put the S on the back of my Batman jersey here. So I am full in on Greg Williams and the Cleveland Browns. Yes, and for those that don't understand where that's coming from, maybe you're not social media savvy. Antonio Brown took several of his jerseys, laid them out, and put S's next to his last name and said, who's rooting for the Browns this weekend? Brian Davis, for those that might be listening to the podcast form, is following suit. He has his throwback Batman jersey, which is Antonio Brown, and put an S there. So he is all garbed up and ready to go. And we will, I just want to preface this, we will be talking about the Browns. We will be talking about... Uh, the Ravens and, and where we think that game is going to go. But we're going to start off just like we have every single week this season talking about the upcoming Steelers matchup. And that is between the Bengals and the Steelers. I, I got to be honest, Dave Schofield joined me last night for the standard is the standard. And we both said that the worst possible scenario in this entire crap fest, which is week 17 right now is if somehow the Ravens lose and the St and the Steelers trip up against the Bengals. Now, what's going to be coming out in a few days, probably on the Cincy Jungle, which is SB Nation's Bengals website. They sent me some questions. They wanted me to answer them. And they said, what do you think the odds are of the Steelers overlooking the Bengals and losing in week 17? And my answer was, I guess it's not impossible. We've seen Mike Tomlin teams lose in certain situations and playing subpar teams, sometimes even at home, can be that recipe for disaster. Then again, I said there's so much on the line, they're probably pretty ticked off after last week. I don't see it happening. Brian, what about you? you think there's any chance that this game is a heck of a lot closer than a lot of people think? You know what? Maybe I'm too optimistic. I... I don't think it's in their fiber to even think about losing this game. They're not overlooking it by all means. But, uh, you know, I, I love the uh, the threat level midnight from the office quote, and I'm going to overuse it. That's exactly where we are. Threat level midnight. They know it. They know they need a gift. They're not going to overlook that gift. Um, okay. I don't see them tripping up because they're in desperation mode. And in desperation mode, you're – you're letting it all hang out there. I don't see them losing this game. And if they do lose this game, then they deserve to be out. Even though we have a lot of people commenting right now that they don't deserve to be in anyways, which, you know, stop it. Well, Believe. That, that, that's, if that's you a, like, if you like this, team, I'm just saying, if you like this team, you want them in anyways, and you just 
you just uh, you follow them and you support them getting in. You don't say, well, they just don't deserve to be in. So I I hope they lose. Well, I, I then, think, the, then the hashtag fire yeah, Tomlin comes out. Well, that's been out for the entire season. I think the question, and this is how I titled this show, both for behind the steel curtain.com and our YouTube channel is do the Steelers deserve a spot in the playoffs. Now there's a difference between getting in and being happy about it and rooting for them to get in and deserving a spot. So Brian answer the question. Do you think the Steelers deserve a spot after losses like, or games like the tie in week one to the Browns losing to the Raiders, blowing leads against like the chargers losing in desperation mode against the Broncos after this season, which really had its lulls, do you think they deserve a spot? Well, let me throw a question back at you. Does that mean that a team like Indianapolis and the Titans deserve it more? Well, and wouldn't they have pretty much close to the same number of wins and losses? No, Any one of those, team that one of those is this teams, close deserves to get in. One of those teams that you just mentioned is going to be a double digit. The team that gets in is going to have 10 wins. That's a double digit season. I mean, that's, I think that's where I would say is the, the watermark, so to speak for a solid season. And the Steelers aren't going to get there. Ravens, uh, they won't get there either unless well, if they win, they will come back. Right. Cause they're nine and six heading into this week, 17 game, I believe. Do you have that? Do you know? Yes. I don't know. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, yeah it, you're they, right. they were nine and six and the Steelers are eight, six and one. Yeah. So so you're saying that half a game because here's the thing they lost they the ravens lost to cleveland and if the steelers get in the ravens lose to cleveland twice pittsburgh never lost to cleveland pittsburgh tied with cleveland and now we're seeing that a tie to cleveland is not the worst thing in the world well and we said that on the show after after week one that a, a tie is better than a loss for a lot of reasons um if the Steelers somehow lost that game, then it would be like if TJ Watt didn't block that field goal. I mean, the, the Steelers wouldn't even be in this situation. Uh, but at the same time, I look at this and say, um, I'm not going to go back and say they played them. They beat them. I'm never going to say that a team doesn't deserve to make it to the playoffs because if you just need to get in period, you just need to get in. I'm hoping that they get in. Um, we'll talk about predictions for if they'll get in later in the show. But that's the ultimate driving question here. And I think a lot of fans, they're so angry, and I can't blame them, but they're thinking this team doesn't even deserve to be there. So I disagree with that. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here and asking you these questions. But ultimately, uh, we'll see how it plays out. But as I said earlier, the Steelers have to take care of their own business first, and that happens at 4.25 p.m. Eastern, so make sure you adjust your schedules. It's not a 1 o'clock start. They move the game back. They will be playing at the same exact time as the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns at 4.25, so there will be a lot of scoreboard watching going on at Heinz Field this Sunday. But let's talk about this Bengals game first. If you're a first-time listener to the show, maybe you just stumbled upon the podcast on YouTube or on many of our audio platforms like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, whatever, what we do is we break down the upcoming game in three key matchups. We each give three. Sometimes they're very specific. Sometimes they're more general. It could be player versus player. It could be uh, uh, pass rush versus pass offense, pass pro, pass protection. Uh, it could be a, a number of those things. And we really just bounce ideas off each other as we go. And so that's where we start. So, Brian, 
go ahead. You were off last week. I'll let you go first. What is your number one key matchup for Steelers Bengals this Sunday? You know, the first thing I'm thinking about is the Bengals passing game. I don't care if it is a Jeff Driscoll, Andy Dalton. I don't care if uh, Boomer Siason comes in or Ken Anderson or uh, the throwing Samoan Jack Thompson. They've they've got to shut down the passing game. And the number one passing threat right now, the receiving threat, would be Tyler Boyd if he is indeed healthy and playing. So uh, last I heard, I believe he is playing. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that, Jeff. But I believe uh, Boyd is. Missed, he has missed some practice time this week. They're not sure what they're going to do with him. So it's it's kind of 50-50 as when this is being recorded. So uh, with that being said, I'm still thinking that I, I got to think that he's going to go ahead and play. Um, if he is healthy enough to play, you got to shut him down. Did not shut him down last time. So it looks like you're probably going to see Cody Sensabaugh on him, or maybe Hayden moves over and uh, takes him on since he's the number one threat. But Tyler Boyd, if he's playing, would have to be shut down first. And that's that's for me number one. So the Steelers defensive backs against the Bengals receivers and namely Tyler Boyd. Yeah. And Tyler Boyd, a pit product is a guy that a lot of people know well on the Steelers sideline. Um, I'm going to go a step further from my first key matchup and say that the Steelers defense needs to shut down the run. Uh, Joe Mixon is a really good back. He's a dual threat back. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He can also run between the tackles. He's elusive in the tackle box. So for me, I think that, um, I think they need to stop the run. I agree with you 100%. I'm not saying that your key matchup is not um, worthy or right. It's it's certainly absolutely right and carries its own its own weight. But I think that if they can make them one-dimensional, and this also goes into the Steelers' offense, getting a lead, taking care of the lead, extending the lead, then the Bengals are going to have to throw to get back in it. And with Driscoll, a quarterback with no AJ green, with no Tyler Eifert, who hasn't been there all season, basically. Um, and you only have Tyler Boyd. It makes it a lot easier, but you have to stop the run, have to get a lead, have to protect that lead. So taking Joe Mixon out of the game, that's for me, key matchup. Number one, what's number two for you, Brian? Well, you know, the Steelers, I think key matchup number two for them would be just play Steelers against desperation. Now, that's going to sound a little crazy to you, but look, you need to play your game. Don't get crazy. Don't get fancy. Don't watch the clock. Just be your Steelers. Don't try to fool anybody. I think the Steelers sometimes, and we saw it last week with the third and two, we saw it with the fake punt. Sometimes, you, they go against their game and they're like, we need to fool you instead of just telling you straight out, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're best at. Try to stop us. So in those situations, if you're doing well with five wide, make them stop five wide. Don't get desperate. Don't get crazy. Don't get cute. Just go in and be the Steelers. Be the number one passing team in the league. Be the juggernaut that you can be on offense and shove it down their throat, whether by the run or the pass. What you do best, you do it, and you don't go against your own grain. Yeah, that's a, that. I like that. I, I think attitude is something that is oftentimes overlooked, uh, not only with the Steelers, but just in football in general. you got to have that 
we don't care about the anything else. You can't control the other game. So you go out there, lay the smack down, and then let let the chips fall where they may, as they as they say. As I continue to rhyme, uh, my second key matchup is going to be. Maybe it's not a key matchup. Maybe I'm just really excited to see it. If you haven't noticed, James Conner has been a full participant at practice the last two days, and it looks as if he is going to be back in the lineup in Week 17. I'm excited to see he and Jalen Samuels in the backfield for the Steelers offense, and how do they handle that? What does it look like? Now, I know that James Conner's coming off injury, so I wouldn't necessarily think that what they do on Sunday, whether that's the end of the season or whether they then start prepping for the playoffs is going to be how they dict how that's not really going to be what they do in the future, so to speak, because if, if they're not, if they don't think James Connor is prepared for a full workload, then maybe we'll see more Jalen Samuels than what we normally would. But I, I'm anxious to see what they could do with these two backs because they have very different skill sets. Uh, Jalen Samuels, it needs that space. James Connor is more of a, you know, between the tackles, converged north and south. Uh, Jalen Samuels is a better receiver, uh, but James Conner is better at like pass protection. So you have these two backs that have different. I'm anxious to see what exactly is going on and how they handle this. Uh, how they handle this backfield. I want to see them run the ball well. I that that's to me exciting. If they can just take the life out of the the Cincinnati Bengals. That would be awesome. And you do that by just running it down their throat. Maybe one of those drives with like 80 yards or 75 yards and all runs. I'd love to see that. That's my, so that's my key matchup. Number two is how did the Steelers handle their backfield now that Jalen Samuels and James Conner are healthy? So what's your last one, Brian? Well, I'm looking at TJ Watt against the offensive line of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, that pass rush, you need to get to Driscoll. You need to just punch him in the mouth, knock him down, and you know establish a presence. And I think TJ Watt has become the man on defense for them. So that's exactly who I'm looking at to just try to uh, set the tone on defense. So if TJ could get in there and get sack number 13 and 14 and 15 on the season and just really screw up any momentum that Driscoll tries to find, because look, this guy's getting paid like an NFL quarterback. He's shown that uh, two weeks ago that he could win a, uh, a national league football, national football league game. So if you could just knock him around, set that tone, that's going to make it a tough day for Cincinnati if they're shut down. And to piggyback on what you said before, if you're shutting down Mixon, you're shutting down Driscoll. It's going to be a really tough game. And that 17 points point spread would be justified. Yeah. I th- Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I, th- I think for my third matchup here, if you didn't notice again, Heading back at the injury report, Antonio Brown has missed the first two days of practice with a coach's decision slash knee. Uh, the knee injury is new. Uh, have not heard anything about that from Mike Tomlin, whether it was his post-game press conference after week 16 or in his Tuesday press conference this week on Christmas Day. But I, although I doubt, I really, really doubt that Antonio Brown would miss this game, it is going to put an emphasis on the receiving core. Uh, if he's not 100%, uh, does he play every snap like he normally does? Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, who was recently named Team MVP today, voted on by the players, um, he's he can step up, and who's going to step up out opposite him? 
Will it be Eli Rogers? Will it be Ryan Switzer? Will it be James Washington? Will it be more of the tight ends? That's what I'm looking to see. I hope that this key matchup is null and void and that Antonio Brown plays and is healthy. But on the outside chance that he doesn't play, it's really going to put some stress on that passing attack that you mentioned earlier, Brian, and your keys. And it's also going to put more stress on my second key matchup, which was the running game and that offensive line. So there you go. Um, real quick, before we get to the player to watch, which is our next segment in our preview show, I wanted to ask you, Brian, what you thought of Juju Smith-Schuster winning the team MVP award, which was announced today. You know what? I loved it. And I was thinking, uh, you know, all season long, I was telling you it was going to be James Conner. Um, but after he got injured, I, I could tell it wasn't going to be. You know, you could have made a, uh, a case for Ben Roethlisberger. You could have made a case for TJ Watt. You could have made a case for Joe Hayden. Definitely made a case for Antonio Brown. But really, the guy who has has really uh, made this team what it is. And I know it's a eight, six and one team, but the guy who has kept this team alive has been Juju Smith-Schuster. He has had a fantastic season. Um, just like Antonio Brown, he has proven that he is a number one wide receiver in this game. That's what makes this the most dangerous wide receiving core in the league with just two guys. Um, so I love the fact that Juju got it, even on, especially on the heels of that mistake. That, you know, look, that fumble the other day, the way that he reacted from that fumble showed me what kind of teammate he is. And that probably, um, that's one of the reasons that these guys are voting for him because they know what kind of team teammate he is. When I see a guy crying on the sidelines because he made a huge mistake, when I see the heart and soul that this guy puts into the team, I know how much he's beloved in this locker room. And I'm going to go back to a year ago with a quote from Alejandro Villanueva when he said, everybody needs a little juju in their lives. In their lives. You know, they love this guy, and they love what he's doing on the field. Kudos. I'm so glad for the second year in a row he's won a major award so send the leg lamp to Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> um, you know, the, the funny thing is, is, is uh, I'm, I'm back in my hometown of West Virginia. And so on my phone, I get a message saying Juju Smith-Schuster wins team MVP. And I'm excited because I'm a big Juju fan. I love the kid. I think he brings excitement. All those things that you mentioned uh, are very valid. The next thing I thought was, what does this say about Ben Roethlisberger? Because for you, if you didn't know, since he was drafted in 2004, he's only won the award once, and that was in 2009. What does this say about the franchise quarterback who has led the team to a lot of success, no losing seasons, three Super Bowls, won two of them, and I know this is a new team, different era, all that stuff, only won it once. So, Brian, I have my opinion. What does that tell you about Big Ben? that, my gosh, he's only won team MVP, which is voted on by the players in that locker room. He's only won it once. What does that say to you? I see where you're going with this. Um, maybe there's a disconnect between leadership. Maybe uh, he's viewed as a prima donna. I don't know. Um, I will go outside the box on this one and say Chuck Noll had never won Coach of the Year in his entire beautiful career. Um, so maybe he's taken for granted 
expected to do that kind of stuff. And maybe some of the, the gaffes in this season, like the crucial interceptions that happened during that losing streak came into play in it. So, I mean, it could be a number of things. I, I keep on going back though, to Antonio Brown, um, sticking up for him just a few weeks ago, saying he's our leader. He's our MVP. He's our guy. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I know the offensive line loves this guy. Um, I know they they would just walk through traffic for, for this guy. So um, we've seen Antonio Brown go ahead and uh, go ahead and stick up for him. Like I said, if I'm voting, I was voting Juju as well. I was thinking about that this morning. And when I read it, I'm like, that was my vote. So and I think a lot of people have mentioned that. And like I said, after the fumble, you and I had a conversation uh, just a couple days ago. Um, and you were talking about what Juju means to this team. And uh, so, you know what? I I really don't know if uh, maybe we're reading too much into this, but hey. I, I think it's just Juju's time. And, I mean, Ben's numbers have been fantastic, but those interceptions have probably been the highest we've seen. No, you're right. And uh, I don't know. It just, it just seems so strange for me when I, I see, man, he's only wanted once. Now, I, I, Antonio Brown has wanted four times since 2010, I think. And I keep on thinking to myself, well, someone's got to throw the guy the football. You know, I mean, he makes all these tremendous catches, but someone's thrown him the football. And the majority of the time it's Ben Roethlisberger. I went back since 1969. Terry Bradshaw won the award twice. I want to say in 77 and 78. Um, Neil O'Donnell won it in 1995. Cordell Stewart won it in 2001. And that's it. Those are the only quarterbacks that have ever won the team MVP, um, which I guess you could say yeah, it makes sense. But at the same time, Ben Roethlisberger's done a heck of a lot more than Neil O'Donnell and Cordell Stewart combined. So I don't know. So There's maybe. Go ahead. So maybe it goes back to what I was saying. He's expected to throw the ball. And, uh, He's expected to uh, do those things. Maybe the interceptions chopped a little bit of the luster off of it. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like uh, Juju's season was more phenomenal because he's not expected to do that. The quarterback's expected to be throwing the ball and doing that and have gaudy numbers anyways. Okay. I just want to bring it up. I am going to run an article tomorrow about that. Um, and just saying, you know, asking the, the, the fan pulse, so to speak of Steeler nation and, and ask what they think about what, does this say anything about the way the team views Ben Roethlisberger in the locker room? Or maybe they're more on your side where it's just a matter of expectations are different. So, all right, put that behind us. Let's go to, I'm uh, going to read that article, Jeff. Yeah, you should, you should read that article, <laughs> Brian. So, <laughs> okay. So now let's go to a player that can change the game. And I know this is tough because the Bengals are a beat up group. Um, Vontez perfect is not, they're not even sure if he's going to play in this game because he suffered a, a, his seventh reported concussion. Uh, his second this month, there is, this came from Adam Schefter who came from the ESPN Bengals reporter, uh, the equivalent of Jeremy Fowler for the Steelers. who said that there now there's now talk that this isn't just season ending potentially, this could be career threatening for perfect. And so I'm not sure if he's going to play, but if he is going to play Vontez perfect is my guy to say would be, could be a game changing player because when he's on the field and I said this last night to Dave Schofield, 
He is probably the only player just in watching NFL football that I have feared going against my favorite team because I, I feel like he is out to injure. He's out to say, if the Steelers are going to make the playoffs, they're going to do it without Antonio Brown because I'm going to take him out. And I feel like that's the way he plays the game. I don't like it. I don't think that's right. Uh, he's been fined and suspended so many times. Um, so if he plays, I would say that he is my game-changing player because he can change the game. He's extremely talented. I don't want to take anything away from his talent, but he's also extremely dirty. And the way that he plays the game is not my cup of tea. So if he doesn't play, then um, I would go with a player like... Um, um, I would go with I would go with James Conner and maybe Jalen Samuels if you have that little if you had can combine them into one because of the running game that I spoke about earlier. So not to cop out there, but that's uh, that's my game changer player. What do you think? Well, can I uh, just piggyback on uh, Fontes Perfect for a second? Yeah, yeah. Go I want to you know look. I don't want to say anybody deserves anything, um, and I never will. But the way he plays the game and the way he approaches the game, this concussions are going to happen and he is bringing them upon himself in a way and i want to go back to two years ago when david DeCastro did one of my favorite things ever he put his head down in a way because he was going after perfect was going after DeCastro's knees DeCastro knew it he put his head down in a way where he knew it wasn't going to hurt him but he knew it was going to knock knock out perfect, and that's exactly what he did because he was leading with a crown and he was headhunting. And so that's what happens when you do that. So, I mean, he made his deal with the devil, and he's lost if this is the end of his career. And you know what? He is a fantastic football player. Just like I think – I know this is in hockey talk. I think Tom Wilson is a fantastic hockey player for the Capitals. Uh, but you know what? Bleh. He plays dirty. He plays dirty. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. But when you play dirty, you deserve everything that comes to you. So there you go. Um, so my game-changing player, this might even be a sleeper. You're going to uh, – maybe I should save this for sleeper. But uh, you're going to think I'm absolutely crazy by saying this. Week 17 is Ryan Switzer's game. Uh, Ryan Switzer yeah. is going to shine <laughs> in this game. This is not a fantasy pick. I'm telling you, Ryan Switzer – this is his game to just completely – we've seen signs of it. Ben loves him and trusts him. I can see this being a game where he scores two touchdowns. I could see him bringing back a punt return. I could also see him taking a scream into the end zone. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say number 10, Ryan Switzer is going to be a game changer because they're not going to see it coming. Well, with that said, let's go right into our fantasy football segment, which is – where we say stardom, stidum. Um, you are you star? Is it your? Is Ryan Switzer your starter? The guy that you say plug him into your Fanduel lineup. He's going to get you sneaky points. I mean, you very well could, but since I've already used him up, I'll I'll go ahead and go with somebody else. Um, I would go ahead and uh, spend the money on Antonio Brown this week. Even after I can see him lighting games? it up as well. Even if he, after he's missed two practices, what's that? Even after he missed the two practices this week, I, I would, I would just like Juju last week. You knew he was going to play. Um, this is this is the the playoffs. I don't see Antonio Brown missing. Um, yeah, 
I I would put the money on him. He, if he misses two practices, maybe they knock his dollar value down a little bit. Um, and you know, I just taking this from a guy who uh, had his highest point total in the league last week and uh, of the season last week. So I mean, you gotta okay. gotta trust All my right. gut. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Juju as my stardom. If you, if you're going to pick a receiver, I think that he has been the more consistent receiver this season. The only difference has been that Antonio Brown has gotten in the end zone more. Um, and so I know Antonio Brown's coming off a huge game against the saints and, and this should be, uh, this game against Cincinnati should feel like going against a, uh, a peewee team compared to that Saints defense. They just went against, but nonetheless, the Bengals are a division foe and they know the Steelers. Well, but I think Juju Smith-Schuster, whether he's going against Denard or Drake Kirkpatrick, is going to thrive on that matchup. And I, like you said earlier, I think he kind of wants to rebound from that fumble. I'd say as a first starter, start Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay, Brian, what about your guy that you're like, sit him. Just sit him. Don't even worry about it. He's not going to perform well. <sighs> Here, you know what? There's not too many guys I want to sit. Um but I'm going to go ahead and uh, I, I could easily cop out and say, sit the Steeler defense. I could uh, easily. Uh, so I don't even want to go Steelers on this. Why would you I'm actually going to say Joe defense. Mixon. Okay, Joe Mixon. All right, there you go. I'm okay. actually going to say Joe Mixon. I think they're going to shut him down. I mean, it's easy. I could say Jeff Driscoll, but no one's going to start him anyways. Right. Yeah. So I think they can shut down Joe Mixon. I would say think about starting the Steelers defense because I think they could put up some numbers. I think they're going to be able to get to Driscoll, uh, get some sacks, which are going to get you extra points. I feel like they might be getting close to some turnovers. Um, maybe they get a defensive touchdown. If, if you get that, it's a tremendous fantasy value for your defense. But um, I like you're not starting Joe Mixon. I'm going to say... I I am going to say stay away from the, the running backs of the Steelers in this matchup. The reason being is that no one right now knows how they're going to use them. I haven't seen any reports about James Conner was getting all the first team reps or Jalen Samuels is more of a third down back. I haven't seen anything like that. And so for me, I'd, I would really, it would really be crappy on your fantasy. And if you want to play both of them, I get that. But at the same time, if you play James Conner and maybe James Conner is not playing every series, maybe they're doing a series on a series off. Or if you start Jalen Samuels and James Conner is healthy enough to get the, the brunt of the carries and Jalen Samuels is only playing sparingly like he did at the beginning of the year. That's why I just say, take your running backs, get them somewhere else. This is probably the one game I would say, don't, don't play a Steelers running back. Not that they're not going to be successful, but when fantasy, you want that one individual to perform, and I'm not sure who that's going to be. So that's who I say avoid this week. You agree with that, Brian? You know what? I, I can't argue with that either. I mean, I think that's actually a uh, a good play there. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so Good non-play. <laughs> okay, uh, let's get to prediction time. Uh, I think we both picked the Steelers to win. Am I right? But let's talk scores. What is your final score for this game? I'm actually still looking at 27, uh, 27 to nine. Wow. Nine. Holy smokes. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's good. I, I don't really see them putting, putting points on this team. Okay. I'm going to go with 38 
to 23. I think the Bengals score some points in garbage time, uh, which make it a little bit more, it make it look a little bit better, but this is a dominating performance by the Steelers, in my opinion. So for me, we both like the Steelers, but you know, let's be honest. This is only half of the equation. The other half is the other AFC North matchup, and that is Browns versus Ravens in M&T Bank Stadium. And I said this last night, and I, I hate to constantly refer back to our last show, and I recommend anyone listening to this show to check out the standard as a standard. I thought our show, my show with Dave, who was filling in for Lance, was really good. Um, I said this last night. I'll say it again on this show. If I were to handpick a team that I feel I like could really give the Ravens trouble, it would be the Browns for a lot of reasons because the Browns are a young. They're a team that has not had success and they really want to end the year on a positive. And so what better way to end the season than by knocking out a divisional rival from the playoffs? Okay. That's number one. Number two, if I were to pick a coach, a defensive coach, a coach that doesn't give a flying, you know what about anything. And its job is to stop Lamar Jackson in this running game that they have going. I might pick Greg Williams because he's crazy enough to say, we're going to sell out. If, if we're going to lose this game, it's because Lamar Jackson is going to have to put the ball in the air. They're not going to run it on us. And I think that's what they're going to do. So that's number two. Number three, Baker Mayfield is a type of playmaker that frustrates the Ravens defense. Ben Roethlisberger is a lot like this in a lot of ways because Roethlisberger can extend the play. May Mayfield is a lot more athletic and can run the ball more so than Ben can. But at the same time, Baker Mayfield is not only the most accurate rookie quarterback in the NFL right now, but he's also, I think the most poised and he's also a, a, a quarterback that isn't afraid. He's not afraid of this situation. He's not afraid of the defense. This is not too big for him. And so I like the, I, I like the Browns to win this game. Um, final score. I'm not sure if I can give you that off the top of my head. Let me think about it for a second. I'll, I'll try to do some numbers in my head, but I'll, I think the Browns, believe it or not, go into Baltimore and win for all those reasons that I said. And it's going to come down to, in my opinion, can the Browns offense score on the Ravens defense? I think the Browns defense does a great job taking the ball away. Dave had a, Dave Schofield had a phenomenal stat last night where he said that in the six games that Lamar Jackson has played, no defense that he faced has ranked higher than 13th in the league in takeaways. The Browns rank second. They're phenomenal at taking the football away. So that could be a big player here. But I like the Browns to win. Brian, what do you think? You know what? I have to believe that uh, something special is going to happen. Um, I could be uh, pessimistic here. I mean, conventional wisdom says you go to M&T Bank, the Ravens are flying high, but I really, you know, something in my gut is saying we're going to see something special. We've seen this movie before with the Ravens having to win. All they have to do is win and they're in and they blow it. We saw it last year. Um, I could see that happening again this year, but I could really see Greg Williams, who I think is special. I Maybe I'm drinking the Hard Knocks Kool-Aid, the orange Kool-Aid from that show on HBO. But I love Greg Williams. I mean, like, take all the bounty gate away from, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. I think this guy is something. I think he's he's uh, coaching for his job because it's hard to say that the guy goes 6-2 and two down the stretch, that this, this team doesn't believe in him. 
and I really think they do. I think they're uh, they're playing for their coach's job. Um, I really think they believe in them. In fact, I kind of uh, there's something crazy in my mind is hoping he loses his job and Pittsburgh snaps him up as a defensive coordinator. I would love to see that happen, but that's just a crazy scenario that happens in Brian world. Um, but with that being said, I love Greg Williams. This is their Super Bowl. They already said it. I can see them going in and winning, you know, a 20 to 17 ball game. And I'm not, maybe I got to start believing in Lamar Jackson, but I just don't believe yet. I, I just don't see it happening. I thought the Chargers went into that game cocky, thinking that, hey, we're rolling and uh, we're going to beat everybody. So we're going to find out who Baltimore is for real, and we're going to find out this weekend. Not just, not last week against, weekend against the Chargers because they weren't expected to win. This is a game they're expected to win. We're going to find out who Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are, and that's going to tell the tale. And I'm still thinking – that the Browns are going to be good enough to win this game. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you need a defensive coordinator that's smart enough to be able to say, like I like I said earlier, you're going to stop the run. Um, they have the personnel to spy Lamar Jackson. If he wants to throw it, that's fine. If he wants to run it, they're going to be able to come up. Maybe that's Peppers. I'm not sure how they're going to deploy their, their men there, but they have great uh, cornerbacks. Not that they're necessary, but Denzel Ward is turning into one of the Really, really nice young cornerbacks in the league. So I'll tell you what, it's going to be interesting to watch, and there will be plenty of people watching this game at Heinz Field. Scoreboard watching will be incredible. If I didn't have to write the game recap, I would. I very well might watch more of the Ravens game than the Steelers game. But I asked, I wrote this, I wrote an article tonight, today, it ran about early afternoon, about what do Steeler fans think is going to be the fate of the Steelers 2018 season and, and I put a poll in there and I kind of laid out the land and during the article and the, the poll options were the Steelers win but the Ravens win season over the other option was Steelers win Browns win playoff bound and the other one would be Steelers lose nothing else matters and shockingly we had about a thousand votes so far 50% say that the Steelers win but the Ravens win and that means that the Steelers miss out on the playoffs where 42% say that the Steelers win, the Browns win, and their playoff bounce. So really, when it comes to the fan base, it's kind of split. It's kind of split. And I know that Lance Williams, he picked the, the Steelers to win, but he picked the Ravens to win as well. Dave Schofield and I both agree that we think that the Browns have a really good chance. We said 50-50 chance of winning. It's kind of a coin toss game or a pick em game, so to speak. Um so you're saying though, Brian, that your gut tells you that the Steelers make the postseason. My gut says they make the postseason and even make a splash because the Steelers are a team that when their heads on straight can beat anybody, anybody in this entire field. Um, they, sh even though they did not win the other day against uh, who I think is the cream of the NFL right now, the uh, new Orleans saints, they, uh, they did enough to win and they should have won. So uh, I really think that uh, this is not the end of this uh, fairy tale story. Um, one more thing against the Cleveland about the Cleveland Browns. You know, we're talking about Greg Williams. We're talking about uh, that defense. We're talking about Baker Mayfield. I haven't talked about Nick Chubb. Yeah, this guy is putting on a very special rookie season. So I mean, 
if they end up seven, eight, and one this season, that's that's a huge win because I mean the over under in Vegas was five wins. So, I mean, they're really putting something together. He's a big part of it, what he's doing there, too. This is a team to look at in the future, and I don't think that they're going to go out on a sour note this year. And Nick Chubb's going to have a lot to do with it as well. I, I almost feel like uh, some Browns fans might... I think they, they're kind of in this game that they're going to hire Greg Williams. And I, I, I don't know if they're with, with Dorsey as the general manager there. I'm sure he'll give him an option, but I don't think they're going to go ahead and just flat out give him the job. Um, so for me, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out, but hopefully the Steelers get lucky and that's exactly what it would take. But uh, Dave and I both agreed and Brian, I'll ask you this. I feel like if this team just gets in, man, I mean, they could, they showed it last week, they can beat anybody. I mean, this team can win the Super Bowl, don't you think? I do. Um, that's why I said they could beat anybody in the field. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you know, and they've shown yeah. it. Yeah. So normally I go to questions in our YouTube live chat, but after monitoring, or I should say following that live chat for the past few minutes, it's turned into nothing but Mike Tomlin versus Bill Cower and Mike Tomlin stinks and we should fire Mike Tomlin. So therefore I'm not going to answer any questions today's show. So Brian, why don't you say a little something to Steeler nation before we go ahead and, and head off for the weekend and uh, you know, Maybe get some people right right now. You know what? I have been following this team um, since birth, but really since 19, <clears throat> excuse me, since 1979. And I have been through some very lean years. Um, 1985, horrendous year. Um, I've seen them all. I've seen a lot of things. And I've seen the Bill Cower years when people wanted to, wanted to run Bill Cowher, who was from town, out of town. You know, I, I've seen it year in and year out. And for me, if this team is 1-14, I'm still tuning in. Whether I'm, whether I'm having to write an article or do a podcast about it, I'm watching this team because this team is in my heart. I bleed black. I bleed gold. And I tell you what, I love everything about this team, warts and all. Big warts and all, big hairy warts and all. I don't care. This is my team. And if you're a true Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you're allowed to get frustrated. I will. I grant that. I understand that. But if it's your passion, you follow them. Whoever is leading them, you follow them. And you got to just take the blinders off and look at everything and see where it's going and where it has been. And what you're seeing is the fact that we're spoiled. And guess what? We're spoiled because we have had a great run throughout all of those years. I mean, we're going on, I mean, it's pretty soon it's going to be 50 years since the uh, Immaculate Reception in just, just a few years. And so 50 years of greatness, basically, um, with, with some you know ups and downs in between. But if you're the Detroit Lion fan, you would kill to be in this situation. You would kill to be in the situation if you were a Cardinals fan, a Browns fan. Look, the Browns fans are getting excited about the fact that they're going to be seven, eight, and one possibly at the end of this year, and that's a big victory. Seven, eight, and one for the Pittsburgh Steelers is uh, enough to jump off the Clemente Bridge. You know, we are spoiled, and the reason we're spoiled is because we've had greatness. And look, you know what? You don't have to love everybody, but 
quit with the firing everybody and this team doesn't deserve it and I hate this team and they're just overpaid jerks. Stop it. Just love your team or get off the boat. And I, I know if I'm com- I know I'm on a soapbox, but stop it. If you don't love this team, go watch HGTV. Flip or flop. Do that. <laughs> Maybe that's what they should do is you either flip or flop. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, hey, I agree 100% with everything that Brian just said. And I think that's a very fitting way to end this show because we can be celebrating next week and talking about a playoff, a wild card game, or we could be down in the dumps and talking about all the different areas that the Steelers missed out and shot themselves in the foot. I don't think anyone's going to be blaming others. There might be some that blame the officials, but I don't think many are going to be like, oh, this is why we're not in the playoffs because really they made made their bet. You got to lay in it now. So I think for me, I want to let everyone know, I said this last night, this show is going to change. Like for the Steelers win and and the Ravens win and the season's over, uh, Brian and I will be back next week. It might be a different show, might be a different theme. We're going to have to talk about that. We haven't really talked about off-season podcasts yet, but we will still be giving you audio content along with tons of content on the website, BehindTheSealCurtain.com. So as always, if you don't follow us on YouTube, go to YouTube, search BTSC Steelers Radio, like, subscribe. We appreciate the support. If you follow us on the audio platforms, make sure you know that we're available everywhere. That's Stitcher, that's uh, Google Play, that's iTunes, that's um, Spotify. I know I'm forgetting one of them, but we're everywhere. Just go there, search Steelers, and typically we're one of the first podcasts that shows up. Make sure you subscribe. Get all of our – don't miss an episode of this great Steelers content because if you're like me, I love sports talk radio, but I really don't want to sit through – 20 minutes of Cowboys talk, 20 minutes of stupid Packers talk about Aaron Rodgers, and then to hear five minutes of the Steelers. I want to hear nothing but the Steelers, and that's what we provide for you. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be back next week for another Steelers preview. If not, we'll still be back. We'll be talking about it. We'll probably be pissed off. So make sure you tune in. We'll see you next week for sure on another Steelers podcast. Hello. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.